you nauseate me, Mr. Grinch, with a nauseous super nos. You're a crooked jerky jockey and you drive a crooked horse, Mr. Grinch. You're a three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction, holiday fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And this time we are joined for the third time in a row by a guest, and for the second time in a row, uh, one of our patrons, Roger, from the Kitchen Counter podcast. So, hey, Roger. Hello, hello. Sup, Roger? Hey, hey. Yes. Hey, gentlemen. And Roger is somebody who uh, lives in our area, so we've actually all met him in person, which is cool. Yeah. And um, so, Roger, why don't you lead off, you know, talk about uh, yourself and talk about the kitchen counter. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I, I hear we're going to have some sandwichy goodness that's uh, on yes. topic today. So, I'm excited <laughs> about that, first of all. But, uh, yeah, I'm Roger Anderson. I have my own podcast called The Kitchen Counter Podcast. It's it's a it's a hobby independent podcast, but it's all about home cooking, getting in the kitchen, having fun, learning things. That's that's the overall theme. Uh, it's kind of a potpourri on what any particular episode might be about on any particular day. I get around to recording it, but uh, but yeah, that's what that is. So nice. Now this is normally a science fiction podcast. So w- would you consider yourself a science fiction fan? Definitely, definitely. I wouldn't say I'm a super fan, but I do love. Right science fiction. I'm, I'm not as well read as you all are for sure, but, uh, but I've been around the block. Right. Yeah. And that's right. Cause you, you came on uh, Hugo's there and we talked about Fahrenheit 451. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that was good stuff. Yeah. All right. So for the topic this time, we are, well, we were, and maybe we should uh, talk about the elephant in the room, Colin. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling you the elephant in the room. I, but you get the um, trunk to match. Boom. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Anywho, we had been planning on doing the new George Clooney movie, The Midnight Sky, which is adapted from a book called Good Morning Midnight by Lily Brooks Dalton. And we will still do that. We'll probably just kick that one to the beginning of January and and pick that one up early in the year. Because I had gone to Twitter on my Hugo's podcast feed and listed out all the holiday goodness that we had in the Take Me To Your Reader podcast history and kind of said, we're not doing one this year, which would be breaking a six-year streak of covering something for Christmas, even if it wasn't totally Christmas. <clears throat> Die hard. Um, no, <laughs> it's no way. Lies. Fake, <laughs> fake news. Fake news. <laughs> right. Really more like we, we did The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which has nothing to do with Christmas. So that's um, no Only it. the and the remake movie came out on Christmas Day. So and then what happened, Colin? Uh, somebody <laughs> went on Twitter and called you a Grinch. Somebody sure did. Somebody, <laughs> we're going to find that guy. We're going to give yep. him an, an atomic turbo wedgie. Yes. And it wasn't the first time you'd brought it up because you had uh, you had tossed it out at some point when we were out playing disc golf. And you're like, hey, here's an idea. What if we do the Grinch? Now, nope, nope, never, never. No Grinches. <laughs> Don't no ever want to do it. <laughs> Mostly because I didn't want to rewatch the Jim Carrey version. And... I wasn't sure what the new one was, but I was, I was sure I wouldn't like it. So uh, then I kind of realized Colin was right. Uh, I was being a bit of a Scrooge, a bit of, bit of a Grinch. I am so glad this is being recorded. <laughs> Redemption right there, man. <laughs> Colin yes. is right. That's my new ringtone. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I'll, yep. I'll send it to you. Colin and I are usually right, Seth. I suppose that's true. Yes. I have to enjoy it when you guys say that I'm right. So... <laughs> So anyhow, I came around to the idea and then thought, okay, well, let's just do the classic one. And 
the musical that's going to be on television. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to watch all of them because they're all available. So, yeah. so what are we going to be talking about? There, there's a lot to talk about. So just so that everyone's on the same page, we're talking about the book, the TV yes. special, the 2000 Jim's, uh, Jim Carrey, the 2018 Benedict Cumberbatch, and NBC's mm-hmm. recording of what was going to originally be a live performance of the musical, <laughs> but was actually recorded in, right. in, in cut up over two days and then rebroadcast. So right. f- for various definitions of live. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. And the connection with Roger came in because uh, in some of the song lyrics, there is mention of a sandwich, right. a particular sandwich. And Colin had challenged me, I think, I think it might've been on Twitter. No, to, no. Uh, I started, I started posting Grinch trivia. Just because I was finding so much That's of it, right. researching and watching and doing these things. And I, I posted one about the sandwich and I said, a single bite of this sandwich is enough to kill you. And I, I prefaced this with like toxic, do not try at home, <laughs> toxic, do not try at home. Right. Roger chipped in with a don't, don't try this at home as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said, don't, don't try it. Not at home. I mean, don't try it anywhere. It's yeah, don't terrible. try it anywhere. Right. It's a bad idea. <laughs> don't try it here. Don't try it there. Don't try it exactly. in a box. Do not try it with a fox. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> um, so that when Roger commented on, I went, wait a second, I know somebody who, who talks about spooky sandwiches sometimes. <laughs> so, so I reached out to Roger and, and, uh, and here we are. Um, and Roger, why don't you talk about actually the spooky sandwich well, episode that you did? Yeah, very timely because I, uh, every year uh, my friend Chris and I get together and it's a, it's a show about home cooking, but every year we typically get together and just try weird stuff. We eat mm-hmm. weird stuff you can either find in the store or mail order or whatever. But we had, we've done this for a few years and we've kind of run out of weird stuff to buy and try. So we thought, why don't we do a sandwich episode where we just get relatively standard foods together and we do like a random grab bag where we put sandwiches together based on ingredients we pull out of the bag. So for we were, we were talking about for a recording. So one of them, I, I ended up naming the witch's tooth. It was, it was uh, candy corn sauerkraut, sweet pickle relish on cinnamon raisin bread. So that was one of the sandwiches we tried, right? You'd never make this sandwich, but I, but I was holding out some hope that, you know, sometimes the best food is made purely accidentally, right? Some, some of the classic foods, uh, right. you know, in, in any cuisine that didn't, did not happen in this episode anyway. So, so yes, I had, I have just gotten done with eating a bunch of weird sandwiches. So this is very timely. I feel very, yes. I feel very steeped in the moment. Yes. Yeah. So we will talk about the, the sandwich and what we're going to do with that, uh, when we get to that in the course of the discussion. So, uh, let's go into our previous history with the material. So Roger, why don't you lead off? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm in my mid forties. Um, and I think anybody of a certain age probably grew up watching the, the TV special, the 1966 yeah. TV special of the Grinch. That's yeah. my, that's my first memory probably. And of course I've read the book, but, uh, you know, back, back when I was a kid, we had like three TV channels and right. when Christmas time rolled around every, every Christmas show played once, maybe maybe twice if you were lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't catch it, you you were done for the year, right? I mean, if you didn't <laughs> catch it, you had to wait 365 days before you could maybe watch, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas again or something. Uh, we didn't have VCRs at the, at the time. So these yeah. were big events, right? So when like the Grinch stole Christmas came on TV is the cartoon. It was like a family event. You all sat down, you watched it. And it just, it was like that dopamine hit, right? Of like holiday, you're a kid and you're just like thrumming, right? For Christmas to get there. Mm -hmm. And you you watch these uh, specials and uh, 
So for me, definitely the TV show more so than the book, although I've read the book mm. and I've seen all the other incarnations we're going to talk about today too. But it, for me, it's right. really the TV special. And, you know, you're fighting in a discussion like this against a little bit of nostalgia, right? So you oh, yeah. factor that in, or maybe a lot mm-hmm. in this case. But yeah, that's my history with, with the Grinch. Uh, I probably watched it every right. year since I was, you know, I can, I can remember. Well, you know, interestingly enough, I'm willing to bet that none of us, yeah, I'm going to say none of us watched it in 1987 on TV. Why is that? In 1987, Turner Broadcasting System bought the rights to it and only broadcast it on cable. So unless you had cable TV in 1987, uh, and I don't think any of the, you know, the three of us of older folks don't, and I, I don't think James existed no, much think, in 1987. No, I think we did. Yeah. No, did? no, our, our parents did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my parents Are you did. talking about the Grinch? Yeah. From 1987 to 2001, it was only available on Turner. And then they started mm-hmm. sublicing it back to people to show, and it came back on yeah, broadcast yeah. television. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did not yep. know that. Yeah. I'm fairly but, certain that's where I saw it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Colin. History with material. Yeah, probably would be exactly like Roger, except we had four channels because hmm. we could get PBS every <laughs> once in a while. And uh, yeah, I mean, we were always looking forward to, you know, the catalog would show up. The Christmas catalog would show up in October and we all poured mm. over the catalogs thinking about what we wanted. Oh, the Sears, the wish book? Sears and, uh, oh my goodness, JC Penny. the other one? JC Penny. And yeah. the third yeah. one. At best was a good one. I don't know if you ever got that one. Was it but, not uh, Woolworth? It was, uh, I don't remember. Gimbley's. No, no, start with the anyway. gimbals, right? So, yeah, they all came. They were like inches thick, and we would go flip, you know, flip through them and look at toys and stuff. And yeah, right. check out the new Star Wars stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All the Rankin and Bass stuff, and yeah, yeah. Growing up in Anchorage, we only had the Sears and the J.C. Penney wish books. So we didn't have any of the other, of the other large stores. Wow. So, uh, James, what about you? Sounds like maybe you caught it on cable. Yep. 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 I caught the. The animated series? I don't know. What do you want to call it? Animated movie? <laughs> TV special. TV yeah, special. TV special. There you go. Yeah. And then I, I've read the book before, too, as a kid. Yeah. And and I hereby recommend that the new one is the TV not special. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, you said you'd read the book? Yes. And seen all the movies? Uh, for this round, I did not rewatch the Jimmy Carrey movie. Okay. Because... Uh, why would I? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I, w- I will say, though, that this this time was the first time I watched the 2018 movie. Okay. And, yeah, me too. Uh, me too. I, ge- yeah. I guess so we'll, get, we'll get into that later, right? Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, I mean, similar to, to Colin and Roger, right? The Christmas specials were appointment television. And uh, and I definitely remember watching it when I was a kid. But I hadn't, I hadn't watched it in probably... 20 years. I don't remember ever watching it with Ethan. Um, so I'm not sure he's actually ever seen it. I had a friend, my dad was not a fan of Dr. Seuss. And so uh, we really? didn't tend to have, yeah, we, I had like the cat in the hat and green eggs and ham and that was it. For, and um, did it, so was so, there any reason? I don't know. My dad had strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <All laughs> he right. also didn't like MacGyver. So we never watched what? that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I had a friend who had all the Seuss books and so I probably read it at one of their houses, but I have no indelible memory of actually reading it. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't swear that I've, that I had ever read it before like a week and a half ago. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, I'd seen the Jim Carrey one. I had not seen the 2018 one. I was, that was the one I was kind of digging my heels in and, you know, rewatching mm-hmm. the Carrey one. So, yeah. okay. Uh, what do we usually do next, Colin? Wow. You know, th- since there's so much material c- to cover, I think we just mm-hmm. go chronologically 
don't yeah. get too dragged down in any one of them because you, mm-hmm. you could go pretty deep on every one of them. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. yeah, for sure. It's true. As, as an adaptational experiment, we have never done something that has been adapted in so many different ways from right. a 12-minute story. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It went from a 12-minute story to two hours long, 86 minutes no, long. No, 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 no. Colin, Colin, Colin. It's a three-ounce story. <laughs> right. It's a three Roger, our, our new measurement for, for how long it takes to read something is how much James has to drink while he's watching it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I bet you are a rack after the musical. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, boy. I yeah. couldn't stand up anymore after the musical. <laughs> oh. Yeah, James, James, what we'll have to do is, you know, if it's three ounces of beer, that's one thing, but it's going to be like poker chips where, you know, right. the beer are the white chips, you know. <laughs> well, well, you as, as you know from our Facebook posting, I guess, the uh, the story was a three ounce uh, Christmas Christmas tea, right? So, Oh, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about the book. Like I said, I'm not sure that I had ever read it before. Uh, the library, actually, the Washington County Library has a nice read-along edition mm-hmm. that you can get uh, digitally, you know, to your tablet or your, to your phone, and it will read it to you. Yeah. Wow. So this latest one, uh, Emily and I listened to that read-along version, which is pretty cool, actually. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually don't have the read-along version, but I do have it on Kindle. But what I did after I reread it is I watched the Christmas special at the same time I read it. And I'll, I'll talk about yes. that when we talk about the Christmas special, but uh, – but yeah, I just re- re- re-downloaded it on Kindle. I couldn't find our paper, mm-hmm. our, our hard copy, but uh, pretty standard yeah. Seuss fare, you know? Mm-hmm. So one thing that I like to talk about when talking about adaptations, oh, and I did want to ask you about that, Roger. Um, mm-hmm. So just one, one second, I'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I like to talk about with adaptations is the idea that if an original work brings up any questions, then in an adaptation, you can choose to answer those in various ways. And so in this one, the questions that we have is, no one knows why the Grinch hates Christmas. And so a couple of these adaptations attempt to show why. And I always say adaptation means change, but I also say (laughs) not all change is good. (laughs) No, I say not all change is good. You say adaptation means change. (laughs) Okay. Let's get this straight here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, technically, I think we really should have, to, to please Colin, we should have ended up with an adaptation that had it, that it was because his shoes were too tight. Or is because his head, head was not screwed on right. <laughs> but we didn't get those. We got other ideas. So yeah, Roger, I had I had asked you to prepare. Like, um, you know, what do you look for in an adaptation? Uh, it, that's an interesting question because I I've never really thought about that, mm-hmm. like uh, critically. But as a fan, I've gotten much more lenient about what I look for in adaptations. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like three things to me. It's got to be have some fidelity to the source material, but it doesn't have to be slavish to the source material, right? Like you say, it can, okay. it can expand or, or modify some things. Uh, it has to stand on its own. It can't, mm. you know, you, you shouldn't have to be familiar with the source material to enjoy it and get something out of it. Um, See, this guy's making sense. He's betting a thousand. <laughs> and I think the other thing is, depending on what the medium is that's being adapted into, I mean, it has to have a thoughtful treatment, right? I mean, some things just aren't right. going to adapt well, into stage or TV or whatever, but that's <laughs> hypothetically, where the, hypothetically on TV. let's just say maybe a Broadway musical, which I, you know, right. I don't know. We're uh, have to pick that one back up. There has to be some thoughtfulness <laughs> there. So you have to give and take a little bit, but 
I also realize after you asked me that, Seth, I think of things differently, whether, and I don't, maybe you guys have better terms for this, but I kind of am now categorizing adaptations in my mind. And like, is it like an adaptation of necessity or is it Mm. an adaptation of luxury or vanity? And those are kind of weird terms. But what I mean by that is like, is it the first adaptation? Is it an adaptation that the world really needed because one didn't exist and it's a story or maybe it needs to be translated or introduced to a new culture? Or is it something like it's been adapted many times before and I'm going to take this and go crazy with it because I can. (laughs) Right. And I don't have to be necessarily too faithful to the source material. I'm going (laughs) to take it in crazy new ways. Sometimes that's really good and you end up with really good stuff. Sometimes not Mm -hmm. so much. So those are just some random thoughts. It's not the the hero they wanted, but it's the hero they needed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That reminded me of uh, talking about <laughs> adaptations of necessity, you know, talking about how we had three Spider-Man movies and then we pretty quickly had two different ones. And right. <laughs> um, so, somebody tweeted the other day. So do I need to watch Spider-Man one, two, and three and one and two and one and two to understand P- Spider-Man three? <laughs> you know what? It's funny you bring that up because one of the examples I wrote down as, as an adaptation of, um, I guess, luxury but i think one of the best adaptations i've ever seen is spider-man into the spider-verse oh yeah i don't know how i mean i was blown i I don't really care for superhero movies all that much Mm -hmm. they're okay but kind of to your point they're just overdone but that blew my mind it was so well done yeah um and also let me just say real quickly any adaptation (laughs) done by the muppets is also an adaptation of necessity so (laughs) i agree those just have to be done agreed Mm -hmm. So you have adaptations of need, adaptations of greed, and then uh, something else. Sure. Sounds good. Adaptations <laughs> of copyright. Yeah. Distantly yeah. inspired right. by. Yeah, exactly. Intellectual right. property skirting adaptations. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, there, there definitely are some of those, right? There was sure. a, like a 1990 um, fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, there was, there was like a 1990 adaptation of uh, the Fantastic Four that was done by Roger Corman for like a million dollars. In order for the studio to for Fox to uh, maintain their ownership of that property, right, they yeah. had to produce a movie on that yeah. schedule. And so they produced like the lowest budget, crappiest movie that they could. <laughs> or Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks required that they make a television series, right? And so they right. made like oh. two seasons of it. They were never released because that wasn't in the contract. Mm. Yep. But it allowed them to hold on to the rights. <laughs> wow! Wow! I did not know that. That's crazy. <laughs> you can oh. find episodes on YouTube. Don't. <laughs> don't find and, Don't check it out. Just yes. because you can doesn't mean you should. I understand. This is going to be a recurring theme in this discussion too, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what else there is to talk about the book. Like literally it takes 12 minutes to read. Yep. It's, it's or a fun listen thing. to. Yeah. I, <laughs> or listen I feel to. it's important to point out it is a poem. Just like most Seuss, it's in full rhyme. Yes. It has right. crazy invented words in a few places. Mm-hmm. And it's black and white for the most part. Uh, there's some red, but yes, but no green. There's some red, yeah. No green, that's right. Yes. <laughs> I guess. All right, Colin, do you have anything uh, you want to talk about by way of introducing the television special from 1966? Wow, I have learned so much. I think probably probably the most important parts are is that Seuss had traditionally resisted adaptations of his work. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know the full story behind it, but Chuck Jones and uh, Theodore Geisel worked together in World War II. Chuck Jones right. went on to have a massively successful, you know, run with Warner Brothers right. doing the Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. And uh they worked and they they built this 
22, 20, yeah, 22 minute special from a 12 minute book. And it's, it's incredible. It's one of those things that has literally become part of the culture. You can go up to anybody you want and talk right. about the Grinch. They know who you're talking right. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think actually, I mean, maybe we'll come back to this eventually, but like in many ways, more people have probably seen the special than have read the book. Oh, uh, undoubtedly. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. But, but I did kind of like Roger, I, I just watched it today. Um, and I had that, that read along version of it from the library that I was just paging through as I was watching it just to see where they put stuff in to mm-hmm. pad out their runtime. It's remarkably faithful, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It basically contains all the words of the book and then it just adds to them. Yep. And not that, not that much. No, not that much, but like yeah. where he's talking about all the noise and then in the TV special, he kind of goes mm-hmm. through and lists all the games and stuff, um, right. which is a lot of fun. And yes. the singing. Yep. Yes. Now, yeah, that's right. crucially, as, as Roger pointed out in the book, uh, there's no color on the Grinch. And right. in the television special, there is green. It's not a very yeah. bright green. It's kind of avocado. Yeah. 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 I was going uh, to say Seth doesn't approve of singing in books. So. Oh. I'll make an exception <laughs> for, for kids' books. If, if the book is a poem, I'll, I'm, I'll I'm allow it. I'm thinking of like a, what, Lord of the Rings, I guess, or The Hobbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Pretty much in my prose fiction, I don't like a lot of songs. There are exceptions. Um, the television uh, production, actually, the television special actually had like a $300,000 budget. Yeah. Really? So, wow. yeah, that's that's pretty massive. Wow. It seems like a lot for a television series that's so short, I guess. In 1966. And in 1966. In 1966, yeah, yeah no doubt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the um, adjusted inflation is uh, is over a million. So yeah. They could afford that avocado green ink. They're like, where are we going to spend our surplus budget on? Right. I got it. Avocado I got it. We'll paint the Grinch green. Yeah. And you yep, think about such definitely. a small cast. There were uh, three voices, Boris Karloff, yep. uh, Thurl Ravenscroft, and Cindy Lou. And, and probably a Cindy cast Lou of who? other background voices. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they had an extremely popular uh, arranger composer, Albert Haig, writing all the music. Uh, and interestingly enough, he was Jewish. Oh, fun. Huh. He was Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, said he wrote a, a polka for a Christmas song. Oh, fun. Uh, the guy who wrote Elf is Jewish as well, but he, he's always loved Christmas. So, <laughs> Hey, Neil Diamond has an amazing Christmas album. I'm just going to put that out there. So Neil. Di- oh, wow. I agree with Bob Wiley from What About Bob. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who like Neil Diamond and those who don't. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, nobody's perfect, Seth. <laughs> no. Great entertainer. I'll give him that. So. Um, <laughs> I can't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, so crucially here, right? In a lot of adaptations we get, like the first adaptation of something is somebody takes it and they, they write a story and produce it into a, a movie. And the author maybe has some input, but you know, not a ton. And in this case, this special was actually written by Ted Geisel. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And he was one of the producers as well. Right. And according to the credits, he had all the songs too, right? If I, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote, wrote yeah. all the lyrics, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he didn't put them in the book for you, Seth, but he put them in the movie for you. Right. Well, and, <laughs> and the song, I feel like the song has also transcended out of the movie. Right. And so, so you you get lots of lots of people will record a Christmas album and they put that song on it. 
Lots of covers. Yeah. Lots of yep. covers. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. uh, none of them quite measure up to Thurl Ravencroft. Is that his name? Ravencroft? Ravenscroft. Ravencroft? Ravenscroft. Yes. Yep. That, that beautiful basso profundo that he's got <laughs> is great. The, so talking about the song, this is where we get to the Roger connection. Oh. Is this where I break into song right now and sing it? <laughs> the music comes up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So within the lyrics of this song, which I think is kind of fun in the special that it it isn't just start to finish the song, right? There's several verses of it that are separated by action, which I thought mm-hmm. was neat. And I didn't remember that. So in there, the Grinch is compared to a triple-decker toadstool and sauerkraut sandwich with arsenic sauce. Right. And so this was the sandwich that we talked about, and um, <laughs> we're trying to figure out what we can do with it. So now is the point where we have to we have to have that discussion. Oh, yes. So obviously, uh, you know, toad schools, to- toad schools, <laughs> <laughs> toadstools, and arsenic. Uh, these these are non-negotiable exclusions, and we have to come up with a substitution. Unless you're looking for new podcast buddies, yes, you can have right. put, put our foot <laughs> right. down on that. <laughs> yeah, I've been slowly um, so- building up a tolerance to arsenic for a time. Just like that's, that's <laughs> very nice. That's iocane powder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Yes. All right. So let's talk ingredients. Uh, starting with the bread, you know, I had suggested kind of any any time I think of a sandwich with sauerkraut on it, I think of a Reuben. And so I was like, well, it should be on rye, but it's 2020 and 2020 is the year of sourdough. Yes. So nice. I literally made two beautiful loaves this morning. So I'm going to be using one of those. Nice. All right. Sourdough it is. Now you're going to be FedExing us uh, samples, <laughs> right? It sounds like. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll probably, uh, I'll probably guinea pig on these guys, but um, the sandwich might not uh, stay fully formed all the way down to Salem. So <laughs> and the shipping times from the postal servers are so bad right now. That's true. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, toadstools, are, are we all agreed that it makes sense to do something like a portobello? Yes. That's okay. what I was thinking too. Sure. Yeah. Any mushroom, you're good to go. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, sauerkraut, I mean, I love sauerkraut. I think it's- I know. Good, I, I take so. a little bit of umbrage actually that yeah. sauerkraut's included in this garbage death sandwich- yeah. Uh, hello. Sauerkraut's amazing. I don't understand yeah. that. Oh, but if you're a kid, that that if you're a kid and you've eaten American sauerkraut, it's that mm. horrible sour vinegary kind of a thing that makes your teeth itch, right? Yeah. Uh, now, if, if you've been properly brought up or you married somebody who <laughs> that's a fantastic food, description, Colin. <laughs> right. I've never felt my teeth itch before. Now I'm going to be obsessed with this for the rest of my life. My, they're already starting to itch. <laughs> Well, Roger, you've done whole episodes on fermented foods, right? They actually interviewed a guy who lived for a whole year on nothing but fermented right. foods. He was yeah. an interesting fellow. But uh, So what I was thinking with that was it's it's the 60s, so there's still people that haven't forgotten the 40s. And oh. oh, okay. You get sauerkraut, <laughs> yeah. which is freedom cabbage back then. Yeah. I, you right. know what? I thought about that too. I thought there might be some yeah. cultural angle. I'm uh, thinking the cultural angle might be. Yeah. That's a good yeah, point. Wow. My perspective. Can't trust them foreigners? Yeah. Well, it's straight up Nazis at that point. I was going to say, you're, you're right. saying the Grinch <laughs> yeah. is basically 40s, a Nazi? Nazis. <laughs> That's true. Oh, wow. We were going left yeah. turn hard on this one. <laughs> but, you know. God, Godwin's law. We've But of course, in, you know, in 2001, <laughs> yep. it was Freedom Fries. So, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the main part of the discussion that, that came up on, on Twitter, and I recommend people go check out um, 
the, the Twitter thread that we had going on <laughs> this is the arsenic sauce because uh, uh, it. I have thoughts. About I that. can't believe. I can't remember if it was uh, if Roger, you were the one who said. Uh, I think it's tasteless. So do we want to do something that's tasteless? And it, it's put it odorless on? and tasteless. Yes. So yeah. it's kind of a dealer's choice at that point. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and to a certain extent, I think you could say that tasteless ingredients have their own sort of intimidation factor. Um, I mean, like I think of something like tofu. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. tofu's pretty great actually. Um, but when I was in Japan, uh, back in 2000, uh, with work and my wife came with me, our host there took us to this huge lunch or huge dinner and just kind of got everything on the menu. Um, or we'd kind of point to something and there were a couple of times he went, mm, no, yeah. not that one. <laughs> Westerners don't like that one. <laughs> um, but one of the That's things that came out was this, yeah. yeah. One of the things that came out was this massive, just mountain of silken soft tofu so like consistency of like greek yogurt or sour cream oh wow and uh and mark the other guy that was there with me for work i said to him hey, come on don't be intimidated here it's just it just kind of it has no flavor of its own it just takes on the flavor of whatever you you put on it and and there were some like fried onions and, and soy sauce and stuff um and he said no 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 what it is is anti-flavor it takes the flavor <laughs> away from other ingredients <laughs> totally <laughs> Leeches it out and absorbs it. And just. <laughs> yes. So, Roger, I liked the way uh, I liked the the direction that your brain took, because I think Amy from uh, Hugo Girl said um, maybe uh, gelatin. Yeah, she mentioned gelatin, and then to uh, James's point, I, I thought back to the era, and I thought, you know, and I started, I, I went down a rabbit hole. If you ever yes. want a real kick, <laughs> go Google old Jello recipe books from like the fifties. Right. Especially savory ones. <laughs> Holy smokes. Especially the savory ones, guys. Yeah. It's another it's another universe. But yes. anyway, I thought, what if you did some weird like aspic with gelatin and, you know, because it could be flavorless, but the texture could add. But then we, we had this back and forth, Seth. Is this supposed to be a delicious sandwich or like right. a horrifying sandwich? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean. It'd be you, terrible. It'd be, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want a big glob of like jellified. Yeah. You know, that would Jell- ruin the portobello and the sauerkraut. Yeah. Well, this is something that you guys, if you haven't listened to any of Roger's Halloween episodes, there's always like the intimidation factor of something. And mm-hmm. then, you know, actually how scary it was. Because there, there's certain stuff where they're they're like, ooh, I'm nervous about this one. And they'll taste it and be like, you know, that was pretty good, actually. Yeah. That, um, gelatin has a lot of intimidation factor on a savory sandwich. Yeah. It just, yeah. So really, you know, of course, my mantra here, adaptation means change. And that means just because arsenic is tasteless doesn't mean that we have to assume that what they were going for was something tasteless, but poisonous. Um, in fact, I think the sandwich is supposed to be intimidating and intensely flavored, probably intensely bad. Right. Which is why my brain goes the direction of stuff like horseradish or uh, fish sauce. You know, Fish sauce. Uh, no, it does not go fish to fish sauce. sauce. Never goes to fish you sauce. hate fish sauce. Come on. <laughs> One of Roger's sandwiches had red curry paste on it, which, you know, red curry paste is meant to be like combined with coconut milk. Right. And, and flavor an entire dish. That's pretty right. bad. One sandwich. Yeah. That's pretty bad. So, um, so I had read ahead. that arsenic actually tastes sweet and metallic. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the, the poison that you actually use to kill people. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to open up my murder notebook and take some yeah. notes because I do not want to trip myself up in the future on that one. So what right. I was thinking with the arsenic sauce would be to make something, well, sweet and metallic. And if you hmm. if you overcook or just cook wrong tomato sauce, 
it'll end up being you just cook it in a metallic. cast iron pan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll end up with a metallic flavor, and naturally, tomato sauce is sweet because it's tomato and sugar, mm-hmm. and so that would be the sauce in my mind to put on this triple decker sauerkraut tilsoon. You're saying I should have just made my sourdough. I should have just made my sourdough using well water or something. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Unfiltered well water. (laughs) Right, exactly. Hose water that's been there since summer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in the hot days when it just sits in there and cooks in the rubber hose. Yeah, good stuff. And, you know, throw some heavy metal in there for good measure. Right, yeah, yeah. No, we could do some of that edible gold leaf, you know, on the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) The, the trouble is I've already bought ingredients. Um, and uh, so I think I know what I'm going to do, but I did want to workshop this and figure out if there's something that I absolutely needed to go do. I, I have seen, there are other people who have done a version of, of the sandwich and some of them were just like arsenic sauce. It should just be something that is very intensely flavored. And so like they just smothered it in sriracha or something, but going back to that curry paste, right? It's just going to dominate. It's going to blow away yeah, all the other flavors. Exactly. So I'd rather not do yeah. that. I would go with the metallic so, tomato sauce. I think it's more about the toxicity than the intense flavor myself. Oh, I, I disagree. Um, well, yeah, the, the toxicity, but how do you make toxicity in a sandwich without being toxic, right? You can't just go, well, I took away the toxicity and we're left with the no flavor. <laughs> True. Right? Sure. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so there's got to be an aspect in the, in there, and that's that's why uh, that's why I got the horseradish and i thought i thought i might like mix up creamy horseradish and sriracha or something and see how that tastes i will i will guinea pig it on myself what about what about creamy horseradish and spicy mustard that might be a combo there we go yeah that could work that would Um, work i think i mean really if you want to go with something that is as far as i can tell is as close to arsenic as you can get it's like chinese yellow mustard Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) what's good i think is absolutely vile not fish sauce Um, (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. I'm talking about food, James. Um, oh, Whoa. I, I agree with Bruce from Finding Nemo. Fish are friends, not food. Wow. That didn't last very long. Do you remember? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm not a nice shack. I thought you were going to go wasabi because it's intensely fav- flavored oh, and green. Right. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, Chinese yellow mustard has much the same uh, effect, right? A little right. bit of it in a sauce is really good. Um, but uh, a big schmear of it uh, that cleans out your sinuses. Yes. So, Roger, have you have you decided what you, the direction you want to go? Because we don't have to do the same thing. Oh, we don't. Oh, no. um, gosh, you put me on the spot here. I was kind of helping you <laughs> workshop. I didn't know I was going to have to come up with my own unique. <laughs> you know, the thing is, uh, we don't have to decide right now. We can. Okay. We, what I want to do is come back and record something. I might. I might make a. A video of, of okay. guys taste testing mine. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Put put a pin in it, and I will get back yeah. to you with my own recipe. Okay. Yeah. So what I'd like to do, I think I would like to do an audio addendum that everybody can access, but I think maybe the video will be just for patrons. So nice. So that should be fun. So they can watch our suffering. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I'm I'm actually, and Roger and I were talking about this, right? I I felt like as somebody who styles himself as a home cook. Of, of some caliber, uh, I would like to make a delicious sandwich. So, yes. For certain definitions of delicious. <laughs> I would like it to be intensely flavored, right? I don't want you to, to, to take a bite of it and go, hmm, that yeah. was a sandwich. Right. You got to live up to the yeah. source material. So we'll see how much of that I decide to, to keep in the actual episode. <laughs> um, I, I think I'll keep most of it because it was entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So we stalled there. We, we, we got to get moving. Um, do we, I think there's two other subjects we should at least think about. Okay. Do we, do we dare broach the idea of what to drink with this sandwich? 
I was going to ask if James came up with a Ooh. Grinch cocktail. Oh. No, I do have a Christmas cocktail. Oh, the, the apple cider? No, 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 no. It's something it's something that I'm one's kind good. of you bring me some of that. created on my own, actually. Hmm. Uh, it's something I call an old-fashioned Christmas. Okay. So it's, it's a derivative of an old-fashioned, which an old-fashioned okay. is really just any whiskey uh, with sugar and orange rinds, sugar, muddled, and over ice, basically. Okay. Um, but there's, there's a whiskey I've recently discovered in the last uh, – it was probably – Last year, I guess, I discovered it from a local Northwest brewery or distillery called uh, Heritage Distillering, mm-hmm. and they create a brown sugar bourbon. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's infused with brown sugar, has flavors of like cinnamon and all the traditional Christmas stuff. Mm. And I, so I, I take that and uh, take that with over ice with some orange bitters, actually, and mm. uh, top it with soda water and garnish it with cinnamon and cinnamon stick and Pine sprig. Wow. So you get the you get the flavor on your palate of all the Christmas flavors in the whiskey. And the pine sprig provide pine sprig and the cinnamon stick provide the aromatic to round it all out to okay. an old fashioned Christmas. Okay. Well you might you might have to bring those ingredients to my backyard or something. <laughs> you would probably drink this. <laughs> I, okay, so that's a high bar. To clear. That's a challenge right there. Yep. It sounds yep. good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. James has been guinea pigging alcohol on me for yeah. six years. There, there's been a few cocktails that have passed Seth's palate. Yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. Beer, beer, I still can't really do except for like the super, super fruity stuff. But uh, because usually the highest compliment I pay a beer is, mm, that's not the yeah. worst thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> so. All right, uh, Colin, was there anything else that we needed to talk about prior to moving on? Nope. I think we can roll. <laughs> okay. Suffice it to say, we all we all uh, either love now or have very fond memories of the original television special and are, are dreading the, the approach of the sandwich tomorrow right right <laughs> <laughs> uh, i will say i looked on rotten tomatoes for the original television special and it is sitting at 100 percent for critics oh, and 97 percent wow. for nice. audience which i think that means there's about a three to a to 97 ratio of uh grinches in the population mm. at large <laughs> it, it's hard to get a 20 minute thing wrong right uh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm, yeah. So then the world was happy until uh, until the year 2000 came across. Yes. So we have uh, oh, Dr. Right. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, a.k.a. The Grinch from 2000, uh, directed by Ron Howard, starring Jim Carrey, written and produced by some other people that I didn't write down. This is where you take 12 minutes of reading material and stretch it to nearly two hours. Yep. Uh, 105 minutes. Wow. With a $123 million budget. Dang. And, uh, and this is what you get. And James, you said you didn't rewatch this one, right? No, yeah, no. Yeah. It it was not deemed okay. worthy. So one, right off the top here, one of the things that I don't like in any of the adaptations other than the original is the narration. <sighs> uh, I'm being consistent uh, in, in my disdain for narration of various kinds. In the original television thing, it's essentially a video audio book, right? Where, yeah. where he, he reads the book and embellishes it with other things. So I'm totally fine with that. But I didn't want narration in any of the rest of these. Why not? Because you have live action stuff happening that can show everything that the narrator is telling you. Yeah. I'll, Especially I'll, when you have when you have characters speaking actual lines, right? Um, where you, you have you, you should be able to develop the personality of these characters by giving them the ability to speak. And and so that's where I have a real problem with the narration. Anthony Hopkins was your narrator for the two thousand movie. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought so he was good. If you're going to have a narrator, that's not a bad one to have. Yeah. 
I just object to it existing. So, uh, what do people think about this one? Roger, did you rewatch it? I, I I did like the fast forwarding most of the parts, but I did rewatch it. Now, full disclosure <laughs> here, I don't absolutely hate this movie, uh, okay. mainly because I think Jim Carrey is pretty amazing as the Grinch. Yes. I mean, if, if you're going to have anybody do a live action Grinch, love him or hate him, I really think Jim Carrey did a pretty incredible job with his physicality. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he actually delivers a few lines that made me made me laugh out loud, even when I rewatch him. The, the line that makes me laugh out loud every time, this is so stupid, he's laying on his lounger and he's eating the broken glass bottle. And he goes, <laughs> what What am I eating because I'm bored? You know, and I, it just <laughs> makes me laugh out loud every time because I'm like, I just did that five minutes ago. Yes. I, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only line. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But, but, but overall, I mean, the, the who's are creepy as heck. Uh, oh, too, too much who. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Way too much. Uh, the dog was cute. But I mean, if it weren't for Jim Carrey, for me, this is a total, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much a clunker. But yeah. not the worst of the list, in my opinion. But we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, Colin, what do you think? So I. Uh, I, I did the rewatch and I was not a fan of this movie. And until I did this rewatch, I like it a lot more than I used to. Really? Uh, wow. I thought it was so quotable that I started writing down lines because I was going to do the entire podcast just quoting things that he said in the movie. <laughs> and I only have worked. one line written down. It totally would have worked. Um, mm-hmm. the, the other line, I bet you have this, the other line that makes me laugh out loud every time to is when he's looking through like his day planner. And there's a point where he's like, look, and he's like, solve world hunger, tell no one. And he just keeps, it just cracks me up, you know? It's a great line. Yeah. Uh, This podcast could change my entire outlook on life. (laughs) Right. My my only decent line from the movie that I liked was after he tortures the Christmas tree and he says, oh, the humanity. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it it is perfect casting, right? I mean, I I was telling Elaine when we watched the the television special, when you get that one grin from the Grinch when he comes up with his terrible idea, right? Yes. I I, I said, okay, right there, that facial expression has to be either Jim Carrey or Jack Black, and nobody else could possibly do it. (laughs) You know, there was a very limited number or class of person who was allowed to play the Grinch, according to Mrs. Geisel. Uh, it was, you can mm. find the full list oh, on Wikipedia, wow. but it was like Nicholson, Robin Williams, mm. and Jim Carrey. I could see Jack Nicholson doing it, mm. but I'd rather see him in like the, the, the straight up horror adaptation where, where he just goes down and slaughters the who's. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was the adaptation that was playing in my mind last week on a particular <laughs> weeknight, but you can't yeah. handle the who. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That wow. fantastic. <laughs> James, what did what did you think? Did you rewatch this one? I did not rewatch that one. Okay, that's right. You 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 have chosen wisely. Yeah. I um I didn't like the fact that Christine Baranski was wearing a slutty Santa costume and machine gunning lights up onto her house. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. Um, I admired I admired the the practical effects of, you know, essentially she's pulling them down and then it's making it look like they're going up. And the Grinch face planted in her boobs at some point in a kids' movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it, you yeah. know, for a kid's movie, it actually is a fairly dark movie. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. when you really think about it, it's, mm-hmm. I, I felt yeah, it was doing I, uh, more service for the adults, at, yes. almost on like a nostalgia level as callbacks to the, the animated special, as opposed yeah. to like a new kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Right. It does kind of seem line line with Jim Carrey, but yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think Jim Carrey at 85%. 
would have knocked this out of the park. But because there were some things he did that were so over the top, <laughs> like the face plant, like uh, he said bitching at one point when he's coming down Mount Crumpet. Hmm. Uh, and what was the other thing? Oh, uh, after one of the first makeup settings, he went and kicked a hole in his dressing room wall. What? Because hmm. they made him sit down for eight hours for makeup. Holy crap. And at, wow. at some point uh, they, they brought him in, they brought in a CIA specialist or an FBI specialist that taught him how to handle being tortured for long periods of time so that he could do it. <laughs> Are but you serious? Was, yes. Oh my gosh. He, he was so wow. bad to the, the head makeup guy that the guy quit before the movie was ended. And Ron Howard wow. had to go in and talk Damn. to him and bring him back in. I feel like NBC should have had the number of that guy Damn. for everybody. Uh, for wow. The, yeah. For the musical. <laughs> oh. We we should talk about the musical. I think you're you're selling it too hard, but we we will we we will talk about it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so one of the new things that the movie brought in was the explanation of why the Grinch hates Christmas. Right. All the noise. The no, no. The Grinch hates Christmas because as a child, he had a huge crush on Christine Bransky. Yeah, but which who is she? I don't know, but the who's are so inbred, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Everyone is named who. Emmy Lou Can, who. Or, you know what? L- let me just say one thing on that. If you go back and watch the 1966 special, tell me how creepy it is that Cindy Lou who is the only like normal human child in the village. Yeah. Okay, everyone else who's. is like a, a hairy who, and she's like this perfect child, and it's like, that's weird. Anyway, can well, who's don't get their beards until they're three? It's a Twilight Zone episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> they peel off and they're like, ah, uh, we'll keep her. Why not? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. We digress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were talking about Emmy Lou Who. Oh, so yeah, he falls in love with Emmy Lou Who. He makes her this incredible uh, Christmas ornament. And then the guy who go- is going to become the mayor humiliates him in front of the class. Mm-hmm. And he goes off to Mount Crumpet to become the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's a Grinch origin story. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, they, they, like I said, they answer that question. How did he become Ah. the Grinch? Of course, they don't explain why he's green and no one else is. Um, Right. And also, there was no reason that he needed to be green. They should have, they should have gone a different direction. The book would have allowed for literally any color. It's true. Yeah. Listen though, listen though, Seth, if they had gone with like a purple Grinch or something, people would have freaked out. Oh, I agree. There's no way they could have gone in a different direction in the 2000 movie. Oh, no. Oh, by the way, uh, I think I told you it was a $123 million budget for the movie. It grossed $345 million. So moderate success, right? It it doubled its budget. So there's some return on that. Rotten Tomatoes is 49% critics and 56% for (laughs) audiences, which sounds about right to me. Yeah, so it feels right. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we're moving on, yeah? Yep. To 2018. This one I had assumed was merely a prequel and not actually a remake of the story, and I was completely wrong. I went in not knowing anything about it, actually. <laughs> um, so this is this is from 2018, and uh, it is directed by Scott Mosier and Yero Cheney, who I don't know either of them. And it stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Rashida Jones and Keenan Thompson. Um, this was the last adaptation um, where Audrey Geisel, the wife of Dr. Seuss was a producer. Mm-hmm. So it came out shortly before she died. Just off the top here, Rotten Tomatoes, 60%, 50%, which is probably fair. Huh. But are you guys aware of how this did at the box office? No, no. $75 million budget. Uh-huh. It grossed $511 million. Wow. Just because of Benedict Cumberbatch. Damn. It is yeah. the highest grossing holiday film of all time. <laughs> So, wow. <laughs> uh, 
How did it do so bad on Rotten Tomatoes? Because it's hmm. not good. Well, because uh, it's I not great. Yeah, um, it's I not bad. I thought it was awesome. No, it's. it's I don't <laughs> yeah. think it's bad. Emily thought it was awesome too. So shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's missing several very critical things. Mm. And I'll mention okay. just one ah. to you. A roast huh? beast was never carved. But the hmm. soundtrack was fantastic. Soundtrack was. Oh, the soundtrack was god awful. Uh, <laughs> visually, however, it was unbelievable. I thought yeah. it, it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I could just watch it again for the visuals. It was amazing. Yeah, and and I think that's part of the reason that it was successful is that I mean that is the medium that people are taking in films, right? You look at trolls mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. sing and all those ones, right? It's, it's all CG stuff. And so right. to bring this, right. to modernize it into the CG era, I think was probably smart. Uh, necessary? Uh, I don't think I would say. No, it was, I actually thought it was kind of derivative <laughs> off the 2000 movie. Yes. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I thought, Oh, that's interesting. They didn't like go back to the source material and readapt. They just kind of, right. Well, and they mixed it in with right. Despicable Me. It, yeah, that's yeah. essentially what we have. It, it was Despicable Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, I will um, say it was the only one of the group uh, where I would actually like to hang out with the Who's. I thought, okay, these people seem all yeah. right. Every other one, they're just mm-hmm. I can't yes. stand them. Yeah. yeah. In this one, I'm like, these people seem not great. I'll get more into that for when we get to the musical part. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I did like the dog. Yeah, I, I felt like this one was intended to be a 3D movie, just based on some of the the shots that they had of the of the Grinch coming down the mm-hmm. mountain. Um, yep. I think the narration here is absolutely brutal. It, uh, I, Furrow Williams, I'm sure he's a nice man, but th- like the narration in the in the 2001 was straight out of the book. In this one, he was just narrating literally what was happening on the screen, and uh, I, I just, I, I don't understand how that happens. Yeah. I don't even remember yeah. the narration, That's actually, now that you mention it, really. Yeah. So it was, obviously it didn't stand out. The hip-hop, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, is <laughs> so bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just don't uh, go there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down at some point, I'm not the audience for this movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we ever needed to see the Grinch in Tidy Whities. <laughs> no. Talking about the Grinch, did you guys feel like this Grinch was not really Grinchy enough? Yeah, totally. Because a little bit. Yeah. The, the original Grinch would have killed the reindeer's family and fed him to him before riding him down the hill. See, now that's the right. movie I want to see. Well, the difference here is he had Keenan Thompson for a na- neighbor, and he was he was starting the process of conversion with his right. ebullient personality. I thought he was fantastic, actually. And then Cindy Lou Who <laughs> takes it takes it home. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. She swoops in for the actual conversion. We have a baptism, right. laying on of hands, everything. So I actually got kind of a Wallace and Gromit feel from that movie. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. The, the the making coffee. Yeah. 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 And yeah. The, the whole uh, um, intricate stuff with all the making coffee, making breakfast. Yeah. I was I was getting a chitty chitty bang bang vibe off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I could see yeah. that too, Roger. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. It totally reminded me of Austin Gromit. Like this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, th- I think viewing it because I haven't, I hadn't actually watched it until Seth watched it and went all freaking biblical on it. Evangelical. <laughs> I'll put it in evangelical. <laughs> <laughs> According to your text chain, it changed your life. 
And so I said, I'm watching it and questioning all my choices. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And I, I had not seen this movie until uh, this week. Yeah. When you mentioned it, I didn't, I didn't bother to watch it before because I had the same feeling you had it, Seth, previously. We're like, this is supposed, this is probably going to be some Grinch nonsense origin story, blah, 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 non-consequential. Who cares? Yeah. And, and, but when you, when you watched it, and so it was on the table. That's when I went and watched it. And I'm like, this is actually right. pretty cool. I, I enjoyed the movie. Right. I, I thought it was great. Uh, uh, I will say I enjoyed this one as well. Yeah. Other than the narration and the music. Um, I liked the story. I liked the voice performance from Benedict Cumberbatch. He sounded like Bill Hader. Um, so it didn't sound anything like Benedict Cumberbatch. Not at all. So, no. Yeah. No. no. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm actually okay with that. One thing that I really loved about this one um, – is there were actually some Christmas songs, like some actual genuine Christmas carols that you might get out of a hymnal. That's um, true. Yeah, but they were sung out of tune. <laughs> uh, there, there was pentatonics. I know. They were the ones singing them out of tune. I didn't notice that they were out if of tune. If you say so. I, I thought it was bad, and I looked over, and Tim was wincing, which tells me that what I heard was actually happening. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't even care about that. It, it wins over the Polar Express 100% just because there was at least one sacred Christmas song. <laughs> no. Yep. No, afraid not. I did kind of like the uh, the chubby reindeer who looked more like a muskox. Yeah, oh, his yeah. winning thing was when he blew whipped cream <laughs> out of his nose. Yes. But of course, the muskox is not canonical. You had to find a way to have him replaced with Max as the as pulling the sleigh, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that again Which talks about how this Grinch is not very Grinchy. The mm. original Grinch would have not let him go back to his family. Like I said, he would have killed the family, fed it to the reindeer right. so he was strong enough to pull him down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> probably it's true <laughs> it's, it's a slightly true. different take on the character right but yeah. it's then it's hard to be believable that he would go down and literally steal all the toys why so, so oh, we need we need a nice. more grinchy remake is that what you're saying colin yes yeah. colin colin <laughs> wants the the horror like remake that i was talking murder. about murder grinch murder yeah. american horror story grinch yes <laughs> <laughs> that <would be> <laughs> i could really have I done without the you. screaming goat <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I thought the screaming goat was hilarious. <laughs> no, other other comments on this one. It just disappeared off Netflix, I think, didn't it? Yeah, there might be yeah. a reason why. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually probably yeah. due to streaming rights. I think HBO Max or or Peacock wants it. Right. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. that um, after it disappeared, then it popped up on another service really quickly mm-hmm. for free. Makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Right. Um, we have come to the point where we have to talk about the musical. Okay. Before we talk about the musical, uh-huh. l- let's talk about the musical and then let's talk about the TV special because they are slightly different. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Okay. Now, the musical has traveled all over the United States since 2006. It is, right. it's really? very successful. Uh, for a lot of families, that's how they introduce their kids to theater because it's a story they kind of know in a slightly longer format. Hmm. And then you get what happened on NBC, which is you took an 86 minute, an 86 minute musical and you pat it out to two hours with commercials. Well, that was like an hour of commercials though, right? (laughs) Thank goodness. Sure felt like it. It was forever. (laughs) Roger, didn't you say to me at some point, uh, I'm, uh, I look forward to the commercials because I can enjoy the music. (laughs) Well... (laughs) I, I and I also think I said I actually got more like Christmas spirit out of the commercials than I did out of the show. I mean, I got like no, 
it was just very flat to me. Yeah. Just boring and bloated and kind of flat. Was it awful? I admired the stage design and the stage craft. Uh, mm-hmm. But beyond that, I, I, I would never watch that again. Yeah. I mean, the, the makeup here wasn't as creepy as in the 2000 movie. No, no. I thought the props using the Susian line art style throughout the like entire yeah, yeah, production yeah. was really, really good. I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. I was disappointed by the lighting crew, which you guys probably didn't mm. pick up on, but the spotlights were usually trailing or off center I, the I, whole time. I actually did notice that. They, even like the camera blocking seemed weird for a recorded, like, mm-hmm. did you guys rehearse this or what? You know? Well, yeah. according to them, they, they only had a few days to put it together, but this was... I guess with the camera blocking and the lighting, it would have to be different because it's not a stage production anymore. Right. Yeah. You're filming something yeah. that was happening right. on stage that wasn't meant to be filmed. That's right. for sure. Um, <laughs> Bada bang. Sorry. Yeah. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to take on another project, Seth, Wicked is coming to cinema. And so is it really? was, oh, okay. Yeah. It was book, musical, movie, and oh, it's yeah. not going to be shot like Hamilton where they, sh- where they uh, shot, several live stage performances and then cut it together. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're going to like readapt it for, for a movie. So it's really interesting. Okay. Hmm. okay. Mm. I might check that out. That'd be cool. I kept thinking that, that Max, the dog, the, the older dog who was doing the narration, which if you're going to do narration, having a character do it, actually, that wasn't a negative for me. Really? Um, yeah. It's a character yeah. talking to you instead of an omniscient narrator. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, he is kind of omniscient, but really the way he sat in the chair just made me made me think. Okay, take a break. This guy needs to pee. Mm. <laughs> He's a dog. Uh, that was perfect. <laughs> right, he was like a little kid doing the pee pee dance. I don't know. I think I think I would have liked like Frosty the Snowman or something doing the narration. <laughs> oh, you want the guy from Elf coming over? Yeah, maybe. Elf, maybe, buddy, maybe. Buddy yeah. the Elf, maybe. Just to somebody because the the problem the problem for me with the dog did an narration is that he's looking back on the fact. And then now you have two dogs and they did do this. Right. They had two dogs that do was the whole weird. thing. I'm like, yeah. this is kind of weird. And like the, the Grinch ends up coming around after the fact, right. And being all Christmassy and stuff, mm-hmm. but he's talking about him negatively, like the whole time as if he never came around to be uh Christmassy. And so, yeah. like, how do you how do you ignore that being the narrator? He's not mm-hmm. he's not neutral, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Because he's in the story. Yeah, he's not neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it bugged me, and I don't, I don't, I didn't like having him as a narrator. I actually like I I enjoyed the actor. I thought he was actually really good, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially in his yeah singing parts. But I think I would have preferred having not the dog as a narrator. Yeah, I think so. This may be just one of those cases we've talked about in the past, right? Where you shouldn't try to adapt this to long form mm-hmm. because <laughs> the challenge is, is to make it so that the viewer doesn't go, you know, the Grinch has got a point here. Those who's are super annoying. Yeah. Oh, they're <laughs> judging the time. F. <laughs> you know, the, the, like in the, in the Carrie one, right. You had the mayor who was super unsympathetic. Right. Um, and you know, the book and the original show kind of show them they're all the, kind of this fantasy idealized Christmas spirit kind of people. Right. Um, where that's where the, this movie or the, this title fits into fantasy. Right. So um, we do science fiction and fantasy. I mean, it's fantasy like uh, a Christmas Carol. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. so we can totally do it. Our podcast. Well, the, the who's were super cool in the 2018 movie, the original 
Yeah. Show play, uh, TV special, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the Jim Carrey thing because I blocked that in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the <laughs> Not, musical, they, were, they cool. were just, they were judgy as F and mean. Yeah. Like they sucked. Colin, <laughs> Colin did you uh, object to the fact that um, Cindy Lou Q was definitely more than two in all the adaptations other than the original? No, because you can't make a two-year-old act. Although in 2018, it wouldn't have been a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could have had a, a younger one. I, I did not have a minute of enjoyment of the musical. I, the opening number I thought was okay. And from there, I didn't like the Grinch performance by Matthew Morrison. Um, really? I, I feel bad for the guy. Um, it, it was too gaspy and wheezy. I, I, I don't know. It's, I feel bad kind of for everybody involved. Right. Cause, cause people clearly put their hearts into it and, uh, it, so th- it, it was not well received. Is this how Colin felt for the last couple episodes? There, there's only eight <laughs> reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's at 13% right now. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard when you see actors trying to do their best and not having it be well received. Although I, I will point out that you shouldn't judge it too harshly until you see it as a musical instead of as a, a cut up television show. Cause I think it would be very different. Yeah, I guess, but yeah, you know, the maybe. a Christmas story musical on TV was really good. So true. But it was yeah. done live. And there's there's this energy to live which you don't mm-hmm. get. Yeah, well, and the right. other thing was it wasn't adapting a twelve minute story. Right. It was yeah. adapting an yeah. actual movie. So yeah. 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 You know, the one thing that we haven't talked about is the the difficulty in trying to put the energy of the original story or the TV special into an hour and a half or two hour long movie. Yeah. You just can't sustain that. You'd exhaust your audience. There has to be some pitch Mm -hmm. and some ebb and flow to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm very curious how I would have received this one. If I had not already watched two other adaptations that I didn't love. So I don't know. I was prepared to, to like it. I, and that's, you know, that's my thing these days Hmm. becoming an old softy is I'm like, I'm going to go into this and try to enjoy it. Um, and I failed on this one. So what about you, Roger? It didn't sound like you liked it. I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy it. I mean, I appreciate the work and the effort. And obviously a lot of people put, put a lot of tears and blood and sweat into this. So great, great for that. But, you know, honestly, Mm -hmm. I I mentioned at the beginning, it kind of has to stand alone. I feel like if I had never watched a Grinch and I watch it, I would have no idea what the heck was going on. I'd be like, what Mm. is going on? This is really weird. It's a very flat story. Is he, uh, like the Yeti? I mean, what is he? What's his problem? It's just, it was a really weird, uh, now knowing all the baggage that you bring to it, having seen all the Grinches and maybe having some nostalgic connection to the TV special, Mm -hmm. you obviously view it through a different lens, but yeah, I, I mean, I actually watched the first half of it again with my wife the next day because she didn't watch it. And her response Mm. was just kind of like, it's not bad, but it just is so dragged out. Like everything goes on for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, they just finished a song. No, they didn't. They're going into like verse 12. (laughs) It's like somebody, you know, we don't, I don't want to hear the weird who mom waddle around singing. I mean, it's just weird. No, with the worst facial expressions too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I, I don't mean to, I mean, yeah. I didn't like it, but you know, I, yeah. I respect it for what it is and I'm glad they tried. And to your point, Colin, I'm sure the mm-hmm. stage show is much better. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm glad they tried. Um, honestly, just because I feel like, like you were saying, right. Adaptations of need or, or, or whatever. I, 
we didn't need another Grinch adaptation. We didn't need the 2018 one either. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, don't, I, I, def- I definitely feel like we don't need one now. I've, you know, I, I can't imagine what else they could do. No, and that's that's what I was going to say. Right? Should we ever see an adaptation of this again? Right. I don't think so. Yeah. I if Ardman made a stop motion version, I'd watch it. Oh, <laughs> Ardman can do no wrong. So. <laughs> If if yeah. Nick Park does it, then I'll watch it. Yeah, and yeah. and Gromit has to be the dog. Sorry, that's just <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could get on board yeah. with that. Yeah. Are you aware that there was actually a Halloween sequel to what? The Grinch? Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Halloween is Grinch Night from 1977. Dang, it's another animated special. Yeah, yeah. Never I, I, I've never seen it, but I. I in doing research for the show, I learned it existed. I don't know how I've missed that, but apparently it's not yeah. played anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, final thoughts. And, and I guess we final can do final thoughts. thoughts by way of ranking them. And, and we always let our guests mm-hmm. go first. What do you do? Best you think, to worst, right? worst to best. What's your, what's your flow? I forget. Whichever direction I'll ca- I'll capture them as best to worst, but. Okay. We, oh, we swing both ways. I got it. I'll just do best to worst. Okay. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, it gets too complicated for me. So, in my opinion, and the book, I'm not going to count because that's what everything's adapted from. I guess. Okay. I, or, or do I put that in my list? I, I mean, okay. It's I'll, I'll put it in my list. So then, for me, for then it for me, it would be how the number one best would be how the Grinch stole Christmas, 1966 TV special. Mm-hmm. Number two would be the book. Uh, number three would be the 2018 Grinch. Uh, four would be How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. And then last on my list is the musical. Okay. Colin? Uh, TV special, book, Jim Carrey, okay. musical, 2018. Wow. Mm. Whoa. All right, James, finish your drink and then give me your uh, rankings. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, probably the TV special. It's a 1966, I guess. Mm-hmm. Six. And then the read-along special that I listened to the other day. I, I like that. That was fun. And then the 2018 and then this musical and probably after that, the Jim Carrey one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So why, why Jim Carrey at the bottom? Because I don't really remember much of it anymore. I remember being you, terrible though. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. And it's, I don't know the 2018 one, in my opinion, was pretty terrible too, because the who's were just awful. I thought the Who's were awful. The children musicals were awful. I actually liked the Grinch parts with Matthew Matheson or whatever his name was. Uh, Morrison. Yeah, Matthew Morrison. Thank you. Uh, like all the Who parts were like he was basically like, or I, was, I would say all of them were assaulting the Grinch the whole entire. Like no wonder he hated them. Right. <laughs> and it's just like I did this. This is not Christmas. This is terrible. Right. Like if mm-hmm. that was in the court of law, it would be like admissible, yeah. justifiable I mean, homicide. Yeah. It'd be like, like they we get all, it. All this, like, <laughs> I don't know, because he was different. So they were hating on him. They, they were, all the kids were assaulting him. They were, it was just like, this makes no sense to me. I, right. Blah. I was wondering, um, and since I haven't seen the actual stage musical, I don't know, but I felt like in the TV one, like the Grinch, or the Grinches, <laughs> the Who's were kind of awful. Yeah, um, they're you know, They had a whole song about how it's the thought that counts, but it seemed to still be just about crass commercialization mm-hmm. and not yeah. anti it, which the book totally is. And so I felt like the movie gave two redemption stories, one to the Grinch for 
repenting his sins and the other, the who's for realizing the true meaning of Christmas, even though, you know, in the book, in the original, they had that all along and the, and the presents and stuff were just extra. Yeah. Yep. And as much as I, I think I agree with Seth that the 2018 movie was probably unnecessary. It was still mm-hmm. fun. I think I, I, yeah. I enjoyed watching it. Emily enjoyed watching it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cool. But it was, pr- if it hadn't have happened, I wouldn't have missed it not happening, right? <laughs> yeah. So I um I think if I could watch the TV musical version without the commercials, you know, so cut out all in including the transitions in and out of commercials because those take up some time, and so you could watch it in about eighty minutes. Um, I might prefer that to the two thousand one, just because that one's just way too long. Um, but I can't really do that. I can zap through the commercials, but that's not the same. And so my, my rankings are actually exactly the same as Rogers. I go original TV and the book. I mean, they're kind of on par, although the TV is the thing that I was always connected with. And then I go 2018 because I, I did enjoy it. It was fun. I didn't like the narration, didn't like the music. And then I guess I'll go Jim Carrey and then musical. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm always the adaptation means change person, right? The musical went for something. I, I just didn't like what it went for. Hey, I la- at least I laughed in the Jim Carrey one on occasion. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I did not laugh once in the musical one. Again, I'm not begging <laughs> on it. It's just it wasn't funny. Yeah. All right. We have we have wrapped that up. So, Roger, thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah, thank man. you for having me. It was super fun. Yeah. It was a longer than usual conversation because it included protracted discussion of sandwiches. Which um, I'm looking forward to seeing yours. Yes. <laughs> Roger, at least if you can take a couple photos of whatever you come up with and maybe okay. record a, an audio or video uh experience um okay we could do that you, you don't have to guinea pig it on your wife if you don't want to i she, she would not accept my offer if i tried so <laughs> okay well, I, I wonder what you come up with for the arsenic sauce <laughs> right <laughs> sounds like a, a hercule poirot mystery from agatha christie yes yeah. right <laughs> um okay and so i i will also i'll try and do some kind of video thing i'm not skilled in that department and so if it doesn't come together i'll at least do some audio so likewise yeah and uh, and we'll put some photos and stuff in the in the show notes here. Yeah, because it should be timely. Um, I'm going to make a sandwich tomorrow. So okay, got it. Would Elaine consent to taking some pictures? Maybe, maybe, maybe. And then and then I can get some audio. If you guys are willing to come over and um, do a social distancing tasting, yes, I'll I'll bring the tape measure. Yeah. Okay, sounds. Good. <laughs> uh, that's not one of the ingredients. Just to be clear, crunchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I think we're all wrapped up here. Cool. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Actually, it's Hanukkah right now uh, as we're recording this. So happy Hanukkah. Happy whatever holiday people are celebrating. Um, But we will be back with a regular episode probably early in January rather than waiting to the end of January just because the material is timely. I think it comes out on the 23rd. Yes. The movie. And there's there's already uh, Oscar talk for it. Wow. Okay. Really? Interesting. Dang. I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, of course, you you know where to find us at pavement podcast on Twitter. You can find me at Hugo's podcast on Twitter. That's where I usually am. And uh, Roger, where can people find you? Oh, uh, just head over to kitchencounterpodcast.com. That's the best place to go. That'll work. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to put uh, a link to your monster demands a sandwich episode. Please do. <laughs> Which, please do. You know, even if you don't listen to the episode, if you just look at the pictures, um, I did not that I'm not encouraging people to listen to it. Yeah. It's yeah. a great episode. Yeah. Actually, all of you, all of your Halloween ones are tremendous. Oh, thank so, you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, in I, addition to all the other good ones, um, well, you, you have cool interviews, and I, I love the uh, you do the let's cook ones where you're actually cooking at least live-ish, right? As yep, you're recording, yep, that's right, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, good stuff. So make sure to check out Roger's podcast. Okay, well, uh, then until next time, we'll leave you with a standard Pavement Pounders blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the book always fall open to where you left off. And in this case, may the book read itself to you. Right, James? (laughs) (laughs) That was ideal. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, Seth, Colin, James, thanks so much for having me on the show to talk about The Grinch. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Also had some inspiration come to me after our conversation about the sandwich that we were going to uh, try to come up with based on the lyrics to the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. I was struggling at the time as we were talking through it, but after our conversation, I had uh, somewhat of an epiphany, thanks to Colin. He mentioned in one of the adaptations, we were missing a very key bit of Grinch lore, and that was no roast beast. So I thought, I will take this opportunity in my sandwich adaptation to add the roast beast back into the Grinch canon. And so I took a little liberty here, and I did that with my sandwich. So instead of a triple-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce, my reformed Grinch sandwich is toasted sourdough with sauerkraut, roast beast, of course. Then I have some cremini mushrooms, which I've gone ahead and caramelized in some brown butter. And then for the sauce, I finished it off with a spicy honey mustard to tie it all together. So that's my reformed Grinch sandwich. I'm actually, I'm sitting here looking at it right now. I'll send you some pictures. I'm going to taste it right now just to, uh, I haven't tasted it yet. So totally flying blind here. I don't know if this is going to be any good or not, but it's a heck of a sandwich. It's kind of big, but I'm going to give it a bite uh, right now, and we'll see how this goes. All right, here we go. Oh, my. My mouth is full. Just a second. Well, I actually have to say that is pretty dang delicious. The tang from the sourdough and the sauerkraut really... Set the tone for the sandwich. And then, of course, you have sort of the umami hit from the roast beast and the mushrooms. And then you're left with this zing of an aftertaste with that spicy honey mustard. Just a a hint of heat, a hint of sweet. This is actually a pretty darn good sandwich. I think I'm going to finish this. Thanks again, guys. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Okay, so we have appear to have homemade sourdough construction. Hey, stop. Stay. Stay. I see mushroom, sauerkraut, cheese. What kind of cheese? It's a white cheese. <laughs> arsenic cheese. I did not put arsenic sauce on any of them. What? Okay, so. Oh. Is that the arsenic sauce? It is. <laughs> so, figured you could uh, roll your own. Ugh. Do you recommend copious amounts of arsenic sauce or just a hint? No, it depends on your uh, predilection, I suppose. <laughs> How much you like your arsenic? Yes. I think I've told James it's the cure for all, all your ills, right? That's all true. All your ailments, yeah. It's, it's kind of like the 2x4 uh, solution to dirty windows. You'll never <laughs> see those dirty windows again. <laughs> 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 Looks like a mushroom Reuben. It does, it does. And you know, those out there who wonder, it is not triple decker, but we decided the triple decker didn't change the flavor. So, <laughs> That's you know, true. Just the That's amount true. of included so what is the toxicity. It's Havarti. Havarti, so, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just figured something, uh, something creamy. So. 
Right, right, right. So do we unmask and eat? I believe so. Okay. All right, rock and roll. I'm make sure I get a bite with the arsenic sauce in it. This corner is perfect. My sandwich is weeping. That's you know, one of those side effects of either arsenic or sauerkraut. <laughs> so we, I was sampling hot chocolate mixes today, and so oh. it's like your palate is ready. Yes. Well, and I'm I'm very appreciative of the of the scent. So like this mm. smells good. I would eat this. It does mm. not smell like arsenic. Of course, arsenic has no smell. Right. So you're saying it does smell like arsenic. You know, that's consumable. The dominant flavor is the sauce. Yeah. Well, between the sauerkraut, sauerkraut. And, a, and a mushroom. Yeah. You can taste the sauerkraut, too. <laughs> the sauerkraut. Oh, I got the horseradish. That was good. <laughs> you got my sauerkraut? Uh, yeah. I'm not a fan. That's oh, okay. I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to eat it. It's, it's one of right. three canonical ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> and the only one that we could use without modifying it. <laughs> the bread's good. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I made it. <laughs> no, it's the modified Reuben. I think this is really good. Yeah? Yeah. It's uh, the kind of thing that was time sensitive. I figured it would weep a little bit. That's why I was wanting exact, exact arrival times. Mm-hmm. And, well, and the, the toast on the bread is going to help with that quite a bit. Yeah. As far as the you know, texture goes. So, I guess the other thing, do, does anybody feel more grinchy having eaten this? Or feel like it's an accurate description of meanness, grinchiness, selfishness. No, I just feel more satiated. Do you feel like you want to be mean to little two-year-old girls and lie about their Christmas trees? Oh, I want, I want to do that without eating the sandwich all the time. <laughs> so, so really no change one way or the other is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was just lovely grilled burning cheese. That was a good, that's the best bite on the sandwich. Well, it's not terrible. I, I'm not really a mushroom person. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm the kind right. of person who doesn't pick mushrooms off of things, and so if I order a combo pizza and it has mushrooms, I don't mind. And I'm really surprised you didn't go the fish sauce cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to make the perfect yeah. sandwich for me to not enjoy. Right. That's that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, to be honest, I, tr- I made a Thai pesto once, and it was absolutely horrible. Because you put fish sauce in it? It said to put fish sauce and wow. Thai basil and cilantro, and it was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> did not didn't work for me at all. Right. It's one of the few recipes from that series of cookbooks that I was using that did not turn out. I think I'm getting to my ability to finish the mushroom. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean not that it's it's not objectionable. It, it is kind of weird looking, I have to say. Right. Our final thoughts? We don't have to finish the sandwiches while our videographer stands in the grass. I kinda of wanna finish the sandwich. Okay. It's quite, quite enjoyable. He likes the sandwich, James? I could probably go without the uh, horseradish and the sauerkraut together. Pick okay. one. <laughs> so really, you just want the bread? Yeah. <laughs> so you never eat one here aside from horseradish? In the it's, it's just <clears throat> horseradish and, and sriracha. Okay. So and I would put it on a burger. It needs more sriracha. It is light on that. I didn't want it to be super, super spicy, um, but that makes it so that it's super, super horseradish. Okay. I could totally go for the mushroom and the cheese and the horseradish. Okay. Nick, Nick's the sauerkraut. There you go. All right. <laughs> okay. I think that's a wrap. Merry Christmas, patrons. You're seeing this, and everybody else is probably just hearing it. Edited down version. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, I punched my microphone. <laughs> Take two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never happened.
I need to pause. Yes, go ahead. Yesterday, I ran out of I ran out of liquid refreshment. Just say liquor, James. Yeah, you that too. You're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I need a break. Uh, like five minutes. I'll be right back. Okay. Five minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. <sighs> All right. Two, Two minutes. minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. All right. Uh, we're gonna have to go quick through the next couple. Yes. We should have had Emily just go while him. he was not gone. He didn't. He didn't watch that movie. We should have had him go when we were discussing it. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> That's right. Roger, how are you on time? Fine. Okay. We, we we often keep the discussion to about an hour, so yeah, I know, um, I know. Well, the yeah. the sandwich put a bulge in it, so we'll. It did. Well, I'm glad James isn't here. He would have slapped a "That's what she said" on that so fast. 